Dr. Ben Merkel in the studio. Y'all see my cell phone? President Uh-oh. Doctor. No. You need a cell phone? Does it really I matter? Think it's under the table. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Toby, Chalk Knocks off the water, boy. Good to be with you guys on this Sunday special. Found my cell phone. There it is. In your pocket. It's in your pocket. This episode is brought to you by New St. Andrews College, NSA.edu. They know biology better than. The Supreme Court. <laughs> I'm, I'm catching up our screen and back possibly here. possibly Congress. <laughs> Maybe better than Congress yeah. as well. Hey, um, also a reminder that the first annual Fight, Laugh, Feast scholarship is about to be... Uh, you don't have that one? I'll go, I'll go right here. <laughs> just I'll just go back to here. Yeah, <laughs> It's about to be announced in just a matter of weeks. We're, we've, we have, we've narrowed it down to three finalists. Three finalists. Yep. And yeah. uh, we're going to interview them. It mm-hmm. was so encouraging to read the, everybody who wrote in. It was amazing. We had a number of applications. Yeah. Good number of applications. Yep. And, um, and We wish we could award it to all. <laughs> no, we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> but at some point, God willing, at some point, we'll have more than one scholarship to give. I know. Well, yeah. our plan is to do one for yeah. a, a young lady. Yeah. Um, because this guy's going to need a wife. Soon. Yeah, because yeah, well, we, we believe in, in the free education for men and for women. Yeah. Um, but right. if you have never checked out uh, New St. Andrews College, you should definitely check them out, nsa.edu. Yeah. Um, and this is President Ben Merkel. President Doctor. President Doctor uh, Ninja. I actually prefer El Jefe. I was going to say, that's El Jefe. El Jefe is the same. <laughs> that's right. You've told us that before, I yeah. think, and I always forget. I've, I've tried with so many people to get that to be my nickname. <laughs> Are you serious? Never, never stuck. No, some point, you know somebody's gonna... I got you, dog. Write <laughs> <laughs> hey, it Don't forget to register for the rally. Yes, sir. We are doing the Fight Life Feast rally in South Dakota, Rapid City, South Dakota, April 29, 30, May 1st. And, and so the speakers and are? El Jefe. El Jefe. <laughs> All right. Put that in the paper. El, <laughs> president El Jefe. Yes. <laughs> what is it? Is El Jefe president? What, no, what is like the boss. The boss. Okay. Yeah, All right. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and then we have, of course, Pastor Doug Wilson, Pastor Toby, uh, Steve Dace. Been texting with Steve Dace. He's yes. really excited about being out yeah. there. All right. He's got a book. Coming out oh, really? that might be out in time for our conference on okay. Fauci in this last twenty twenty. Oh, yes. it's going to be a very short book. He was wrong. He's <laughs> <laughs> so excited about Steve's book coming out. Yeah, um, that's going to um, be great. Uh, sheriff Wheeler, and then we're Sheriff s- Wheeler is the sheriff up north in Idaho who basically at the, at the all the mandates said um, we're not doing that we here. What this. a bold sheriff, man! Yeah. What it took to do. Love that. this guy. Oof. Yep, faithful yeah. man. Been married for thirty five years. Yeah. Got faithful children. Wonderful. Excited to get him on. Uh, and then we're going to smuggle Joe Boot down. So we're it's Joe Ooh, Boot Joe is going to be speaking at our rally in uh, Rapid City. We got a Canadian pastor coming we're, down. Yeah, we're going to smuggle him down for some reason. Hey, they, hey, stop telling everybody what we're doing. Uh, well, I don't, want, I don't want certain people to know what we're doing. <laughs> is there a tunnel under the? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Joe. Harry so, Tubman is waiting for you, brother. Excited to have Joe come, and then we got a you know one or two other hopefully surprises in the pocket that we'll be able to announce here. Oh yeah, next couple of weeks. Yeah, I can't, oh. I can't, I can't, I can't. Okay. Um, you know how planning oh, goes. So you do know how to keep a sing, secret. Yeah. Oh. Sing, love God, sing psalms, yes. defy tyrants, yep. and we have those T-shirts. Oh, and yeah. they're going to be, at, be the at the rally. Yeah. So yeah. if you go, if you want to come for no other reason but to get the T-shirt, is yeah. that the only place you can get that's the T-shirt a, right now? Until uh, oh, wow. after the conference, we we might maybe sell okay. them on. We, well, okay. we haven't had that conversation. We're not making yet. any promises. Wait, 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 wait. Why can't we set up somewhere the club member gets signs up and they get the shirt because they? You know. yeah. Maybe that'd be a good idea. We should have a business meeting right now and talk about. Ben's here. He can help us out. Hey, Dr. Ben Merkel is New St. Andrews' second college president. 
He is a fellow of theology. Is that still correct? I believe so. Okay. Uh, previously served as the undergraduate dean. He holds a DPhil in Oriental Studies and an MST. Is that right? Yes. Master of Studies in Jewish Studies from Oxford University, England. Very woke PhD. It is. Oriental yeah. and Jewish. That's woke, bro. <laughs> I got it all. It's very, very, <laughs> very forward thinking. MA <laughs> degree in English literature and a BS in education, secondary education, chemistry with a minor in history, mm-hmm. both from the University of Idaho here in Moscow. Mm-hmm. He also studied theology at Greyfriars Hall from 98 to 2000. He is the author of The White Horse King, which is about Alfred the Great, yep. and Defending the Trinity and the Reformed Palatinate. Yeah, it's a, it's a winner. It's a winner. It was your dissertation, wasn't it? Yeah, it, yeah. and there's like at least three libraries in the world that have bought it. Yeah, is it like $500 <laughs> wow. to buy? Yeah. Is that the big it's book you were talking about? Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's like 100 bucks. And Man. Yeah. Are you ever going to bring us one? Can I have one? Guys, I might find one for you. Could you sign yeah. up for I like that, El Jefe, if you don't mind. I'll but, see if I can get you. one. But your your greatest claim to fame, I understand, is a is a small um, phonics book textbook uh, of some sort, a reader That's right. that you co-authored with your wife, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Becca Merkel, mm-hmm. author of Even Exile as yep. well, um, for Veritas Press. You wrote this little phonics booklet. Yeah, they had this phonics whole like uh, curriculum, and they got a bunch of us, and like you, everybody got. I don't know. I think we got like certain letters that we had to focus on or yeah. letter combinations. And we were towards the end of the alphabet. Yeah. So we wrote Yezid of Axum. And <laughs> it is. I, wait, wait, say that again. Yezid of Axum. So there's a Y and a Z. You can translate yeah, this? Yezid. Yeah, is Yezid a name? Yeah, yeah. He's like his oh, okay. kid you know, in like a, um, like a camel caravan that gets robbed and then he saves the caravan. Yeah. Uh, with his quick wit. So. Oh, and I thought you were speaking in tongues. I love when we do that on the show. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of was. You come in a Honda. I'm like, leading the Kia. I was like, oh, I love when we do this. <laughs> and you said, this. you think this might be like your, like one of your greatest works? I think, uh, if I had to look at the whole corpus, yeah, I would say that's <laughs> the definitely. The Ben Merkel yeah. corpus. That's, That's because your wife, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she, she did a little, yeah. So um, our rally in South Dakota is love God, sing psalms, defy tyrants. We're meeting in South Dakota uh, because Christy Nome is the one governor in the union who basically said, look, um, I read the Constitution, and um, this is not my jurisdiction. You know, I'll give you facts. I'll give you information. Um, take care of yourselves. Be safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and take precautions you think are necessary. But I'm not shutting down the country. I'm not putting mandates down or whatever. And at CPAC, she just said a couple of weeks ago that I didn't. I was the only governor in the U.S. who didn't shut down any churches or businesses. That was, that was yeah. just really good. So, and and we we wanted you to come um, and speak as well because, uh, interestingly, I think New St. Andrews College has actually been um, <laughs> also involved in this fight against yeah. tyranny. A beacon, um, yeah. And so, um, and it's, you know, depending on the hat you wear, depending on, you know, your, your role in a community, in a society, mm-hmm. it looks different. You know, Christy Nome, it looks a certain way uh, churches and pastors look a certain way to defy tyranny to stand right. up for freedom what does it look like for um, a school or a college to stand up for freedom and defy tyranny um, what does that look like 
Well, I mean, I, I think for us, it's really, it's at the very heart of the mission. I mean, our job is, our mission statement is to raise up and train leaders uh, who are going to shape culture and uh, loving Jesus Christ. And so yeah. that really is it. I mean, the, the most, I think the most defiant thing we do is we give a real education. Okay. Um, I, I, <laughs> Bars, that sounds so you simple. Be, you better give him a bonnet out now or something. <laughs> okay, well, I'm ready for you. We, we offer okay, a real education. Mm. Well, I, th- I think it is like... Um, the reason why these kinds of things can be rolled out over the top of our culture is because you have a public that um, and a media that are uneducated and know that they don't have to actually make sense when they speak. They just need to get certain points that are going to get traction in social media. That's all they need to do. Wow. It doesn't have to actually make sense. I yeah. mean, and that's the thing that um, throughout this whole this whole pandemic. I mean, how many times have you sat there going? That makes no sense. Like, like it's just incoherent. Like I'm sitting down at a restaurant and I can't get coronavirus, but once I stand yeah, up, yeah, I, I go to the I go to the dentist and I need to wear the thing to the chair and then I take it off and everybody spends the next forty five minutes in right. my mouth. Right. But then when I'm done, I got to put this thing back on right. to be safe, right? Yeah. Right? And like, and how many times have you just sat sat there and thought this makes no sense? But the thing is, is people don't have to make sense when you have a public that doesn't think. Mm. Wow. And I think that um, giving a true education is one of the most uh, rebellious <laughs> kinds of things that we can do, most defiant things we can do right wow. now. So tyranny, tyranny flourishes with an uneducated populace. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. And I, and I think that um, there's more than that. I mean, uh, it's not just you, you want to teach people to think clearly, but then you want to teach them to think clearly with the Word of God as their foundation, yeah. and you want to instill in them a, a bold spirit to actually go out and do something with this. I, I do think that, I mean, I love it that you put sing psalms in, um, in, in the, that list. Yeah. Because one of the things that I think is, um, it, it, when you're at first looking at the NSA curriculum, you're kind of like scratching your head going, why do you, of the four courses that you have to take your first year at NSA, why is, I have to spend a whole year doing music. Mm. Right. And, mm. and I have to. And I'm s- deaf in one ear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, really? I'm mostly deaf in both. So, <laughs> no, so, so it is, and, um, so you have these students that come and it's like, why do, like one of the first things you have to do when you first show up is you have to go into Dr. Herb's office and sing a line of music for him by yourself, yeah. which to me is the most like terrifying thing yeah. ever. Like I, I, I can't <laughs> carry a tune, whatever. Dr. Herb is a very brave yeah. man. I would have brought my MC Hammer song in. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the whole point is that that over the course of the year, they're not just learning to sing, they're learning to sing psalms. Yeah. And by the end of that freshman year, one of the coolest things is watching how psalm singing just comes naturally out of our students. And then and then over the last year here in Moscow, as we've seen all the things that have um, happened, it's, it's not unsurprising uh, that... Uh, that one of the focal points is when we gather to sing psalms, yeah. right? Like, I mean, that is when we get together to actually put some um, put some muscle behind what we've been learning and and speak it to our state, right? And uh, and so yeah, so there there are all different elements of the curriculum, but we're really trying to create the kind of graduate is going to go out and actually shape culture. So can, can, I just want to talk about real, real quick. You you know you're talking about education, and you saying go to the dentist's office, and you sit there, and they work in your mouth. But mm-hmm. the dentist has got an education. The nurse, she's got an education, so it's not. Why are they going along with this? Well, isn't our country like the most reading, uh, literate? 
you know, populations so in, in yeah. the history of the world. Obviously, when you're talking about education, you know, you're meaning yeah. something completely different yeah, than I, just having an, an education. I would, I would, I would probably disagree and say that the the dentist may very well be educated, but it's not his dentistry is training, not education. Mm. So there's a difference between knowing how to perform a certain skill and then knowing how to think critically about across a whole range of different um, ideas, where you're able to sit and hold up ideas and say, "Does this work? Does this work?" And you're thinking through and drawing conclusions and then going out and making decisions and leading others. That's what an education does. Training just teaches you certain vocational skills. And we have we have a trained populace. We have a bunch of people that know steps to perform certain functions, but we don't have an educated um, uh, group of people in America. Mm. I've been reading. uh, I'm I'm sorry. Go ahead. But that's because of where we've been getting our education. Our education mostly has come from government schools, so they only need clogs in a machine for the most part right right, right. i mean and, and that's the difference between being a free man or being the hireling the hireling is is trained to perform certain functions uh the free man is educated i heard a great quote it was handed on from a guy who's a um a leader in, in um, army special forces and it was a i think a quote kind of passed around within the special forces which was you train for cert- for certainty but you educate for uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you interesting when, when you when you know what tomorrow what's going to happen tomorrow, you can train for that. Yeah. I can I can memorize the steps. Right. I can get ready. Yeah. I can go and I can do it. But when I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, I can't train for that. But I can educate for that. Meaning, I can become the kind of person who has the kind of mind who can improvise, adapt, and overcome, as they would say in the Marine Corps. Wow. Mm. Uh, we man, say that on cross politics so too. Do we, do we yeah. say that on cross politics? <laughs> <laughs> in our business, improvise, adapt, overcome. I remember, yeah. like we, we were yeah. at, at, yeah. Boot, at boot camp, the drill instructor would always have these different quotes. It was always like Chesty Puller or some other great Marine. And one day he says, you know, improvise, adapt, and overcome. He's like, what Marine said that and everybody's like trusty pull or whatever and he's like no it was clint eastwood in heartbreak ridge <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was a good line but it became like yeah okay that's that's fantastic i've been i've been working my way through um, richard weaver's book ideas have consequences mm-hmm. and one of the things that he points out and we i brought this up on a show um, a few weeks ago but um is that um people who obsess over details um and sort of specialize in a particular area and become highly, highly proficient in one area with the inability to connect that to a big picture. Mm-hmm. People who obsess over details in one area and mm-hmm. can't connect that to the other big picture. He says we would call those people um, to have some kind of mental uh, problem. Yeah. We would call them, um, literally, he calls them psychopaths. Yeah. Right. Yeah, people in the who, 60s, maybe. Yeah. People, right. <laughs> people who obsess over particular details, particular data points, uh-huh. and, and cannot uh-huh. connect it to the big picture. He says yeah. those are psychopaths. Right. And he's reading, and, and, and I'm reading this, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, oh my goodness, we have trained decades of psychopaths, yeah. basically, uh-huh. yeah. you know, high functioning psychopaths in the yeah. sense that, you know, they, they, you know, many of them can still carry out daily functions, but have no idea how their specialization and over specialization and uber specialization, you know, mm-hmm. um, connects to a worldview because they completely, you know, they were trained basically that there's no transcendent reality. There's no God, there's no truth above them. And so there's no way of connecting it to yeah. the broader world. And so now we're, we're, we're in a world run by, psychopaths yeah. and people then who can't, who only know their specialization and therefore have to defer to other specialists. Yeah. I read the data. I know what's best for you. Right. And, that's, and that's where you can get the whole house of cards with things like, um, uh, 
evolution or a global warming or wherever where where you can have your own little specialty where you know your one data point but you have to constantly defer to what everybody else is telling you everything else says right. rather than go and actually um, investigate the data yourself and, and and that's what an education does a free education is yeah. actually putting you in a position of being able to actually analyze the data yeah. and think across specialties yeah. which is uh, you know people frequently ask you know, so what what's the major at new st andrews and, 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 you know, when you're like, well, we don't do majors. Right. And people are like, oh, does that mean it's not quite as good? What am right. I going to do with right. that? And, and the yeah. point is, no, majors and over-specialization completely limits you yeah. and, 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 and hog ties you from the rest of the world, whereas a free education allows you to actually talk across disciplines. Well, the problem is most people don't have the education to even understand that. Oh, bars. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Can't he bar himself? I just, I just, I just, I just, I did. That was supposed to be yours, but, you know. <laughs> All right, Dr. Merck, were you going to say something? I don't, oh, good. Uh, I want, there's so much we'll I want to talk to you we'll about. So right now, before we uh, come back, you want to go sign up for the conference, Love God, That's Sing right. Psalms, Defy Tyrants. That's right. April 29th through May 1st in South Dakota, flfnetwork.com forward slash rally. We'll be back with Dr. Ben Merck. I'm El Jefe. <laughs> My name is Jamie Piles. I joined Samaritan in December of 1996, so I'm coming up on 24 years. When people ask me, does it really work? I say, oh, it works fantastic. I send my money to somebody every month. But we had a need with my wife. Uh, wasn't spent a little bit of time in the hospital about three months ago. And so I had, I had a checklist with about 39 names on it. And 39 checks came in. Some of the cards, some of the things people had to say. It was amazing to watch. Don't, don't do it when we're not live. Do it when we're live. Do it when we're all live. Right, all right, all right. Are you introing the segment? I'm going to intro this <laughs> okay. segment. I, I, I'm going to intro this. Can I give myself bars? Which, <laughs> which camera should Toby look into? <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Welcome back to Cross Politic on the one and only Fight Laugh East Network. We're really grateful to have with us today El Jefe. It's working. <laughs> Pre president of New St. Andrews College, and we're Ow. talking about... Uh, the centrality of education in defying tyrants. And yeah. Gabe yeah. was just saying something offline. Yeah, well, I, while you were talking in that first segment, I was kind of getting a little mad because... A little? Uh, a little, just a little. You know, half of Idaho's uh, taxes go to education, K-12 through mm. and higher ed. Mm. So half of our, basically half of our state's budget wow. is allocated to education. And to that's creating kind of, psychopaths. Yeah, mm -hmm. Uh, largely, and and a lot of states have that kind of well, budget. I, so, bars. How, how are we? How are we? <laughs> but, but, but I think I, I would actually disagree with that a little bit because if all that money was actually going towards just creating really specialized education, that would be um, that would be short sighted, but it still would be something. But if you actually look into those budgets, mm. I mean, it's a very small percentage that is actually going to the education to the process. Uh -huh. Most of it is going to fluff. I mean, yeah. it, it really yeah. is. Yeah. There's so much waste. Um, wow. But even but even then, we're, we're let's, you know we're saying sure. we're spending billions sure. of dollars on education, and mm. and this is our fruit. Right. Really? Yeah. Right. There, That's maddening. There's a great quote from uh, Doctor John. If you ever listen to the, um, he's a blues. Uh, okay piano anyhow it was a great quote one of the songs it was something like your education ain't no better than what you understand <laughs> <laughs> bars yeah. and I, I think that that's exactly it i mean we do a whole lot of educating and we're not producing very much understanding so with the with the pandemic that we've seen in the last year we're, we're understanding that our education obviously is, is well whatever it is we, we can't think because right. of, of of the education that we have 
but something else to me has kind of stood out. Um, watching Christians who supposedly have been taught in under a Christian education. I, I, here's an example. I, I saw John MacArthur come out and stand strong this last year. So we're having church, period. And I was like, oh, man, you know, with the master seminary and all the all the pastors has graduated from there. Right? Like, mm-hmm. This is yeah. about to be here, a wave. Here, right? we, here we go. And here we go. And then it happens that there's just one guy in Canada who gets mm-hmm. arrested, yeah. who's a graduate there. I'm like, where are the rest of the, of the guys yeah. that went there and got, you know, the educate? Why aren't they standing up mm-hmm. at the same time with 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 Dr. MacArthur? And so it's been like, like Christians themselves haven't been getting. Yeah. A good enough education. Well, I do think I do think that um, that's actually a really interesting point, and to connect it to education, because one of the, uh, one of the things I want to argue is that, especially at the college level, that um, college level leadership is all about um, demonstration of compliance. Um, mm. So, so you when you you're start, talking about like secular university, I'm talking about all, all college, colleges, all colleges, Christian, secular, wow. private. Yeah. Demonstration you, of compliance. Yeah, as soon as you get into upper administration, really, most of your job you're you're trying to demonstrate compliance between wow. um, between keeping your accreditation, uh, various other government uh, agencies that you need to not run afoul of, and then also keeping your federal money. Right. Um, you're really your whole job is really about making sure that you are in compliance. Wow! And so that's why it's very difficult to find colleges where the where the college itself will lead in a provocative direction because that's just I mean all of the self selecting that it takes to get to that position is yeah. about getting away <laughs> from being that kind of person. Wow. And so that's and, and it's weird if you think about that. This is true of our Christian colleges as well. It, we we think of our colleges as this is the the training ground to create tomorrow's cultural leaders. But one of the things you'll find is like, is it weird how you think about like your typical college student? What we think of as the quintessential college student, we still have in our mind that sort of like '60s radical yeah. whatever ripped like, jeans, yeah. tattoos. These are the people that are going to yeah. fight and do their independent thing. Mm-hmm. And have you noticed yeah. like? How over the last year our colleges have been the most compliant places mm-hmm. of all. Yep. It's it's completely been flipped on its head where right. education is about demonstrating compliance. And I think it goes back to wow. what we were talking about earlier, yeah. where education has become training and not thinking. Yep. And and so um, if you're training thinkers, then they ask questions that are awkward and that it shakes things up. Right. But if you're teaching people to memorize steps and follow them, then that then you train compliant people and that's what we really have yeah I, I i've been that that whole sort of just picture of the college student it's it's a great uh um just sort of microcosm of the whole culture where yeah. you have this s- scratch and sniff rebellion yeah you know yeah. like i'll go get out my piercings and i'll get my tattoos and i'll have my smoke weed jeans, i'll smoke weed yeah. or whatever yeah. but it's it's a, it's a veneer mm-hmm. it's paper thin because and it's all been tested this yeah. last year when the man came and said you can't go to church you can't go to school yeah. you know stay home okay, okay boss and, and yeah. they, how and, many yeah. how many unique and, authentic people put on the mask and and <laughs> they all masked yeah, up right. and went home that's uh-huh. right they all submitted to the man and i'm yeah. like yeah. oh all that other stuff was worth nothing. Yeah, it's exactly. all been about conformity, basically uh-huh. wearing a uniform all yeah, along. That's right. And now the mask is just your latest, you know, tattoo. But, mm-hmm. but Ben, what you're saying is that there's no surprise about that because the very education system itself has been training, has been training compliance. Right. Yeah. So then I want to ask then, what is it that you guys are doing at NSA that is that is operating different where you yeah. guys aren't compliant? What yeah. is the anti-compliance 
so, set up the NSA. Yeah, so in the in the intro, you said that I'm the second president. So NSA was around for uh, about 20 years before I stepped into um, the presidency. And so there's a lot of the DNA of NSA that just kind of got handed to me. And, and it was interesting seeing, like, after you've had it for a little bit, starting to realize, oh, that was there for a reason. Mm. Yeah. And one of the most significant <laughs> Ancient ones. Ancient landmarks. Yeah. Offense. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one of the most significant ones was the real clear principle of the founders of this college that we're not going to take federal money. And I, and I really think that the money um, is a big part of what has steered all the schools. There's such a fear of losing that, and that's why compliance has to always really wow. be there right. because there's a there's a fear of losing that money. And I do think that, you know, over the years we've always been we one of the secular the left you know one of the, their favorite things is education. Right. But isn't it remarkable how? education got completely shut down and nobody cared like it was fine shutting them all down and what you realize is not education it's the money like the the, the uh, schools got shut yep. down but, but none the of the money. budgets did they no. got a they lot of got, and they got hey, a rainfall from yeah. stimulus money yeah right. they yep. got more money more right. money and yeah. i think that one of the first things is you've got to be able to walk away from the money yeah. and as soon as mm. you do that you start to think in a different way. Yeah. You start to realize you're your own man, you're your own boss, right. and you need to be responsible for what you've got. And then you start to think in, in different ways. So I think one of the first ones is, is saying no to the money. Yeah. The next was um, being, um, being more focused on education than vocational skill training. Um, which does not mean your graduates can't get jobs. They get great jobs, but they have a very different approach to the workforce. Mm -hmm. They're thinking as free men, not as as hirelings. And I think that that changes a lot as well. And I think the money is actually connected, mm -hmm. connected to, that. to that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because because a lot of the federal money comes in through um, the federally subsidized student loans. Right. And the way you can talk a, a college student into taking out um, $80,000 in student loans is by promising them that I'm going to give you this degree, which will give you this job, which will give you this salary, yeah. and there's a return on your investment, and that's why this makes sense, even though they rarely actually get that. Right. But, but it's it's part of the logic to get them to take out the loan. So, so when a lot of people look at this, they don't, because we're even trained to think of ROI in that manner, this gets that, gets this, so therefore yeah. it's worth p taking out all the money. When someone looks at NSA, they don't see an ROI. Right. <laughs> Right? Yeah, <laughs> because we don't even train to think about it. But yeah. I was even thinking to myself with my kids, like whatever they want to do, I, I want them to go to NSA at least for two years. Like mm -hmm. I, I want you, I want you because I think that you just you need to understand what this is because you need a certain type of education just to understand how to operate in this world. Yeah, like my kids, by the time they get done with my house, hopefully I've given them enough education to be able to figure out how to operate in this world well. Mm -hmm. And I want to pass them off to someone who says, "Okay, we got some stuff that your dad didn't have that he's definitely going to want you to." have yeah and so just to be able to operate you kind of have to have this education just to be free yeah i think so i think so and i, and I think that i think that there is an roi it's just that it's not in the way that we've tend we tend to measure it it's not that um i can't tell you you will have this job you will have who knows what job right. I, I mean because you'll be a free man and not a hireling if you're a hireling i could tell you where you'll go and right. what you'll do <laughs> But um, I want to create a free man. I want to create somebody who can go start any business, get any job, who can go uh, marry a wife and raise a faithful family who will be qualified to be an elder in his church and who will start an actual community, which is way more than one particular 
vocational degree can give you. How do you cultivate leadership in the students? So that's one that's, of the things yeah. that you're trying to do. But so we're, we're talking about sort of the big picture, the, yeah. the infrastructure of the college, which is obviously key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what about in terms of student culture? Um, how, how we're, you, we're born leaders, right? <laughs> how, how, how do you cultivate there? It, you know, because you know, it's sort of like get the grade is another version of compliance. But yeah. like, do the you know, check the boxes, do the things that you know that you think you need on the syllabus yeah. to get the grade. How, how do you how do you cultivate leadership and independent thinking while still having standards? Yeah. So there's a there's a question. number of different elements to that. I mean, one is is the kind of the kind of material we get. We we go we work from the classic liberal arts, which were historically selected to inculcate the skills of leadership, the soft skills of critical thinking, communication, on and on. So it's the kind of um, the the kind of material study. Some of it is the the way that you go about it. We're going to emphasize making students get up and argue, get right. up and speak, get up and and, mm. and as well as get critiqued and then come back, right. you know, and um, I still remember there, there's still some of this at Oxford. I still remember in one of my classes, you know, it's, it's a small little group and um, I forget this guy's name, but he was the Oxford <laughs> professor for Hebrew, which is like a post that began with Henry the eighth on down. It's like a pretty <laughs> yeah. exclusive deal. Right. And he said something and it just was weird to me. And I remember saying, but hang on that, that doesn't make sense because, and then I started to feel like sheepish, like I'm correcting yeah. this major professor. Right. And I, I, and I loved it when I, when I hesitated, he stopped and he looked at me and he goes, no, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and, I, and I love that when you yeah. have instructors that know how to say, come on, like yeah. I, I want, I want you to come and spar with me. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's a really important element to it. So we do have a lot of time up front arguing, disputing and, and being okay with disagreeing and, yeah. and um, and bring in argument. Another thing that I think is really critical is, um, and, and this is one of those like decisions that got handed off to me that I don't think I understood at the time, but no dorms. Yeah. I think, I think no mm. dorms is big. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think that the dorms are these little artificial cities that create people with failure to launch syndrome yeah. where, oh. where yeah. you, you're living on borrowed money. Yeah, um, yep. You're 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 yeah. you got a cafeteria. You got everything just kind of yeah. covered for you. Laundry's done for you. Yeah, <laughs> you, you don't need to go out and do anything. Right. And telling our students find an apartment, figure out how to cook, do your laundry, don't yeah. smell when you come to class, yeah, pay your own bills. Yeah, and it's weird how somebody who does that for four years then suddenly yeah. go get a job, get a wife, and find a church is yeah. like mm. makes total sense. Right. It's like it's mm. just what and would happen. Lots next. of them are already doing it. In, yeah. in the middle of yeah. in the middle yeah. of college, yeah, I, I remember that the, the there was a, a a twin thing that really attracted me to New St Andrews. I graduated mm-hmm. from there in two thousand two, uh, and and there was one of them was no dorms. Uh-huh. Actually, we we have no dorms, and um, be a grown up, be an adult, live in our community, be a Christian. We're not going to babysit you. That was that was something that was incredibly attractive to me, and sort of, I think sort of in a, you know, there's sort of the immaturity in a young man who sort of likes to be told like, you know, grow up, yeah. you know, we're not going to take care of you, we're not going to be your mom, and you're like, Ugh. you know, like, yeah, sorry. yeah, I'm grown up, <laughs> and you know, and there's, you know, there's all kinds of reasons why you're really not ready for it, but you mm. need it. Um, but the other thing was um, the that classical approach that that um, and and there really is a lot of that um, and. 
oral finals was part of this. Yeah. So not only are you constantly having to argue, stand up in front of your class and you know give a speech, give mm. a talk, do a presentation, but then at the end of quarter, a lot of your classes have oral finals where it's you and your professor, mm-hmm. and you can't hide behind yeah. anything. Your when ink, it's, your paper, and, <laughs> and some of I mean, and some of my like most terrifying. Uh, memories of New St. Andrews are oral finals that I was not ready for. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and it just, you know, kind of burns into your memory and you're just sitting there like, I can, he knows I don't know. <laughs> but it was good for me. It was yeah. so good for me. And then also recitations. Yeah. A lot of the classes have these, you have like a, maybe a lecture at the beginning of the week. And then at the end of the week, you have a small group recitation. And some of those are even in professors' houses still, yeah. where you're going to have coffee or tea or whatever and sit around a table with like four other students and your professor talking through the material that you've been covering that wow. week. Yeah. This is the kind of, I mean, those are, I think, I think, adding to what you've already just said in terms of you can't hide there. It's not box checking there because you're already being asked to think for Mm -hmm. yourself, articulate for yourself. And now you have to spar with other people in your class, your professor and so on. And I think it's um, already the fruit is, is coming from it. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And and I think that um, the other piece is just, um, the Moscow community is such a unique place sure. yeah. and pushing students out into the community and saying, mm. be involved in what's going on at church, be involved in CRF, whatever. There are a whole host of like sort of leadership opportunities. And one of the things we are working on this next year is developing a little bit more ro- robust extracurricular system yeah. uh, where students belong to halls and that helps them to oh, actually wow. like they'll be competing against one another and various things. But the whole purpose of it is to give them <laughs> Harry the Potter. Op- What's that? Harry Potter. Like, I knew no. you were going to say that. Uh-huh. He said hall, not house. Yes. Is there a sorting hat? Yeah. No. <laughs> we knew you were there. No, no, the idea is to actually like compete with rugby and different things like that, but it will... But it is to inculcate leadership, to create right. opportunities for students to be the head of and to lead in different ways. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot really fast. I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this, but um, oh. and it may be too early, but what are you talking about at the rally in South Dakota? Any idea at all? Yeah. So, give us a little taster. It, it depends on which week you ask me, but here, here is what I was just thinking <laughs> oh. on my walk over here, what I was thinking yeah, I would say when you asked this yeah, question. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was, um, you, you might not be, um, Pado Baptist or post mill, but the left is, and that's why they're winning. Oh, 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 bars, bars. Yes, my goodness. What else you got? We're ready for some church now. Well, what what I mean is, um, I think the left strongly believes that the babies and the future belong to them. Um, That's right. You know, so that's why they believe. That's why education is so central to them. That's why they're taking dominion. Yeah, they they believe that it's their job to take these kids and teach them what they should think. Yeah, they're doing a very good job of it, and that's why I think we struggle to hold on to our children. And they Mm. believe really clearly. They have a, a clear sense of, you know, Obama described the, the long arc of moral history and he, and he put his little plot points on it mm-hmm. of like Selma and Stonewall, uh, where, where it is going in a particular direction and it connects the civil rights movement to sexual identity yep. and gender and all of that. Yep. There's a very clear trajectory. They have an eschatology, right? They mm-hmm. know where it's going. They believe strongly in it. They know that if you get on the wrong side of history, you're going to be the loser. Right. And they have successfully passed that 
idea on to the next generation. Mm. So Woo. if well, we want to yeah. counter that, I think right. we need to figure out how to claim the babies in the future. Oh, Woo. glory. <laughs> Won't God do it? Um, well, and, so, and here's the thing is, if churches and church communities don't build, uh, you know, education systems, that that's your discipleship for your kids. Right. Mm-hmm. Your education, whether it's a strong, robust homeschool uh, education system or co-op is it a or co-op or is it a logos or right. is it, you know, in all, it has to be K through K through college mm-hmm. because that's your discipleship. And I, I see churches that don't emphasize, you know, ed, Christian education are the churches who don't, um, their kids don't end up at their church when they grow up. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, and, that, but, and that's a problem. Well, we've, but, we've talked about this on the show before, it, you know, largely if the church would just th- think in terms of numbers, we would have been winning by now. Well, if we would have been thinking just in terms of faithfully raising sure. our children, yep. it's a, it's, kind of a numbers game because the liberals aren't having kids they're aborting kids and the kids that they do get it we hand them over to them right. i mean there's so much you, you you hit right on one of my soft it gets me so upset thinking about this but yep. inside a pca church in georgia they're having children's worship while worship is going on upstairs yep. and the, what they're doing so we're upstairs singing hymns spiritual songs and they're singing all the new cool stuff and they got the drum set up there ain't no drum set upstairs we're singing songs yeah. boring got ho- you got boring upstairs and, and so yeah. I, I'm like, I told the, you're one of the discipling guys, them for something else you're discipling them right outside of the tradition that you want to bring them yeah, up in. Yeah, yeah. And so, but, but that just didn't. So we started doing that. And then so no wonder why we send our kids to government schools. Okay, but okay. Don't get me started. <laughs> but, Doc, I, I, I want to ask you, right now, outside of going to the conference, I think last year when we did the conference, I didn't know how important it was we were doing. I gave it, yeah. charted it out, and I got there and heard so many people who were so happy to come because they hadn't gone to church. Mm-hmm. And one thing I don't like is that a conference is supplemental to a church. Right. I, I, no way in the world it should be that way. Right. No way. And so, But I'm grateful that God has allowed us to be there for those people, even though that's not how it should be. That's kind of the same thing happened in South Dakota. Praise God, some people are opening up. But right now, as you look at things, having the education that you have, what else should we be doing? To like in our current in, moment? In our, in our culture right to now. Fight and, yeah, yeah, to, yeah. to fight tyrants. Because that's what we're trying to help push. That's why we're yeah. doing going to South Dakota. We're standing with Christine Nome, the only governor that didn't put pressure on her people to right. shut, shut down. down and, yeah. you know, but what else? That's not the, that's yeah. not the final thing. That's not always, mm-hmm. oh, hey, we won. No, there's something else. What else do we need to be doing in this moment with with our yeah. tyrants? Well, okay, I think one of the one of the biggest things to me is how shocking, like in a very short amount of time, how shockingly um, it was revealed to us that almost every platform out there is owned by a, a secular left that really hates us. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and and I, I look around and I think, what have we been doing? over the last 40 or 50 years what have christians been doing because where where do we have the industries that we've actually put in the hard work to actually build something yeah. that 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 we could still stand on right now i mean the deplatforming yeah. is across the board and i just wonder i i'm i'm kind of a little bit just sort of um lost at at, at a total loss as to like what what have we been doing? Yeah. And if we wanna if we wanna address this, I don't think this is something we address in six months. I think <laughs> we have to roll up our sleeves and we have to actually start at the at the foundation building and it's building the institutions that can actually weather these kinds of things. Yeah. Um I I do think that we're ahead on education, at least at the K to twelve level. We are way behind the college level. But yeah. we've got something started there. But in terms of understanding local government, understanding business, understanding media, understanding we're way, way behind. Mm-hmm. And I would say 
we need to figure out what it looks like to actually build a Christian culture. Because I think that we've had this idea that that the the um, that America, sort of um, secular America, would always let us in, and mm. that and that your Christianity just had to be something that you went to church on Sunday with. Then it didn't have to be a, a part of the rest of your life, but right. I think that we're realizing that's just not the case, right. and we have to actually build a whole culture. It's like you actually mm-hmm. have to take dominion, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> otherwise, yeah. otherwise, the left and the ungodly they do, and it's in every one of your jobs. It's in yeah. farming, it's in business, it's yeah. in um, that's right. computer programming. That's right. All of it needs yeah. to be retaken. Uh, I, want, I want the last word here. Okay, you can because no, President Merkel can't do this. What's that? So I have to do this. Okay. This is this <laughs> something you, you can't do. Oh, uh-oh. What yeah, you, I'm already throwing them off on his heels. You know, um, a lot of Christians out there have been donating a lot of their money to higher education. Yeah. Um, and they're supporting, and they've been doing it for years. And, I, you know, mm. uh, I think we need to re-channel where we've been donating our money in higher education. And I would, love, I would love for, um, mm. you know, Christian families, if you're out there and you have money, to, to really um, uh, support NSA and what they're doing. They're on a capital building campaign right now. Um, they're going to have their highest freshman class uh, ever at, yeah. at wow, New St. Andrews God. coming in. Woo, won't he do um, it? Yeah. Come on now. And so there's a lot of need at yeah. New St. Andrews to be able to kind of grow and expand classroom sizes and everything like that. So, um, uh, well, I mean, reach out to contact at fightlifefeast.com if you're one of those families who've been donating to another Christian college that's really disappointing you and and, uh, and want to rechannel some of your donations uh, to New St. Andrews. Reach out and I'll put you guys in touch. And flfnetwork.com forward slash rally. You get a chance to hear the good doctor. Um, L. Hef- there at the yeah. conference in April. He might change his sermon three or four times. Just keep keep some of that in there, okay? All right. All right. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politic. Glory. Ooh. Just, hey. 2020. God exposed America with a bunch of viral particles, a plague. God flicked and we buckled. Our political leaders shut down their states in fear. Our pastors abdicated the church as non-essential. And we have been scattered by petty, tyrannical resolutions and edicts into our homes or hiding our shame with masks. Businesses have been shut down by arbitrary non-essential labels. Strip clubs, pot shops, and abortion facilities remained open while churches were threatened, regulated, and fined. First Amendment rights were trampled on as we Christians were arrested by despotic, unprincipled local governments. Citizens were harassed by unelected health districts, and communities were threatened in their houses by cops. This sounds like a third world country, a bad dream, but it is not. It is the new America. This America is ruled by fear. This America is ruled by opportunistic politicians who don't give a damn about you. This America breeds a compliant citizenry that cares more about their strip clubs and DoorDash deliveries that cares more about their safety and their comforts than the truth that Jesus is King of Kings and that our freedoms are protected by the Constitution. This America is worse than King George III's America. It's time to take a stand, but to stand requires courage and courage requires repentance. What we need is reformation and revival in our churches, in our families, in our communities, in our businesses, and in our government. Every square inch needs the blood of Jesus. We need to cease this moment where all our sins, fears, and failures have been exposed by God through this plague and gather to sing psalms, to feast, and to get strengthened, to be encouraged, and equipped to lead America back to Jesus, who is King of kings and Lord of lords. 
Governor after governor instituted some sort of shutdown, ignoring your constitutional rights. There was one governor, one state, that did not buckle and join the crowd of governors driven by fear. Governor Christine Nome has stood strong through this pandemic. And so we are bringing our first annual Fight, Laugh, Feast rally to Rapid City, South Dakota, April 29th through May 1st. Join us in the land of the free and the home of the brave as we learn to love God, sing songs, and defy tyrants.